0: so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. Do you ever feel like you are being called to write? And I don't mean that there is just a calling on your life, but that literally God is speaking directly to you that you need to write a book. Maybe it's well-meaning family and friends that ask you the question, have you ever thought about writing a book? Or maybe it's the ads that keep showing up on social media as you're scrolling by that talk about publishing and sharing your story. Well, if you feel that you're being called, but you're hesitant to answer yes, it is my prayer that this week's guest on Publishing Secrets will inspire you to step boldly into the direction to which God is calling you. It is our pleasure to have with us this week Anita Morris, who had to endure the unthinkable, yet God gave her a message to share with others, a message that could be used to strengthen to empower, and to encourage. It may seem like you have nothing left to give, yet God is saying that there is still more within you. So listen in, be inspired, and be encouraged that God can work through you. Enjoy. Well, Anita, thank you so much for being here with us on Publishing Secrets to talk about your book, Step Into It, and your journey that you have been on as an author. I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be here with us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It is just
1: such an honor to be here with you. I've listened to some of your other episodes and you have some great interviews and I love everything that you're sharing with the community, with authors to help
0: them to advance in their process. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, it is our pleasure to have you here. You know, as we were chatting a little bit before, you know, officially jumping into the interview One of the things that's interesting to me about your journey is, you know, many times when I have people on the show from the time they were little kids or, you know, maybe a little later in life, they envisioned that they would be an author. But for you, that was not the case. This was not the dream. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, what happened in your life that led you to the point that you decided you would put pen to paper and write a book?
1: Yes, of course. For me, it was never a dream of mine to become an author. It's not something that I aspire to do. My book was born from a very tragic experience in my life. My husband was a firefighter. He was a fire captain and he worked for the Los Angeles City Fire Department. And after 30 years of service, he retired and we were so excited. You know, you look forward to that moment in your life and We had all of these plans, the things we were going to do, places we were going to go. We had already started traveling and we were just excited. But six months after he retired, my husband was diagnosed with brain cancer. And then eight months later, I stood by and watched my husband take his last breath. Tim, that was devastating, the most devastating thing I've ever experienced in my life. And I didn't know how I was going to continue, how I was going to move forward with my life after that happened. And then I started to hear these words, and they were the same words that I heard when I was caring for my husband. And the words were stand, trust, endure, and proceed. And when I first heard stand, I wasn't sure. I thought it meant that I needed to be strong. And I thought, well, I know how to be strong. I can do that. But that wasn't it. It meant that I needed to stand in my faith using all of the lessons that I had learned from previous trials to help usher me into this grief and healing process. So I did. I stood. Then I heard trust. And I thought, oh, I know how to trust God. I trust him. But it was different this time. This time it meant that I needed to remember that God is sovereign and he doesn't allow anything into my life without his permission. And if he allows it, then it has purpose because he's an intentional God. So I trusted him. Then I heard endure and I didn't understand because I heard endure with grace. Well, it's one thing to endure, but to endure with grace. Well, what does that look like? Well, it meant that I needed to allow myself to go through the process, not trying to run away, not trying to fight it, not trying to hide from the grief. But I needed to be present in the process and allow myself to go through it. So I did. I endured. And then I heard proceed. And that meant that I needed to continue along the path that God had ordained specifically for me since before I was born. To usher me into this purpose for which he has created me in this season of life. So I did, and I am, Tim. I continue to stand in my faith. I continue to trust the sovereignty of God. I'm enduring the trial with grace, and I'm proceeding to God's call on my life. So as I'm going through these steps after my husband's death and, you know, dealing with my grief and the healing process, I begin to hear people say, you should write a book. Have you ever considered writing a book? Because I was sharing publicly in my social media with my community about what was happening with my husband. When he became ill, I asked for his permission to share because my motive was to get as many people praying as possible because I knew that I couldn't do this on my own. So I would share and people would give feedback. They would, so many people were praying. I have no idea how many, but there were people praying all over the country because people were sharing And so they were praying, and so whenever we would get an update, I would ask my husband if it's okay to share, and he would give me permission. So I just continued sharing, and people were saying how I was encouraging them with my story and how they saw strength in me going through this process and these questions. Have you ever considered writing a book? Or you should write a book. Oh, whenever you speak, when you share, it just draws me in and I'm encouraged. And, you know, they were saying how they were dealing with their own things and how I was helping them. And so that was the beginning of the promptings on my heart to write a book. And I heard them, but I kind of brushed it off because I was going through this journey of, you know, caring for my husband first and then dealing with the grief after his death. So something happened one day while I was caring for my husband. And it was the strangest thing. I was going through YouTube. I was watching a sewing video because I love mm-hmm. to sew. Yes. So I was watching a sewing video and that's usually what I watch on YouTube. And then all of a sudden there was a thumbnail on the right. You know how when you're watching YouTube. Mm-hmm. So there was a thumbnail and it was bright. It stood out from all the rest. So I looked over and the title was How to Self-Publish a Book. And I was totally confused because I had never said anything about writing a book. I had never watched a video about writing a book, so I didn't understand why it was there. So I clicked on it just in case to see, and then I saved it because I was like, that is way too strange for it to be just Hmm. a coincidence. So I saved it still with no intentions to write a book. So as I'm going along this journey and God prompting my heart, I thought that was another prompting. That was a sign, so to speak, of what was going to happen. And then eventually I said, okay, this has to be the voice of God, you know, after all of these promptings. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to a podcast one day or or before that, I actually told God, I said, Lord, if this is you telling me to write a book, I'm going to need some help because Lord, I can't do this on my own. I don't even know what to do. And so I was listening to a podcast by Pat Flynn and he was interviewing a guy named Azul Tirones, who's a book coach. And as I'm listening, I'm just drawn in by this man's voice Mm. and his story and how he was sharing. And I thought to myself, God, is this him? So I went to his website. I went to his Facebook group and I just started stalking him just to try and see who he was and what he was about, because I'm not working with just anybody. It has to be ordained by God. And Mm -hmm. so I finally said, okay, this must be him. And he had a Writer's conference scheduled for two weeks later, and I signed up for the conference. I went, and that was the beginning of the journey. And here I am. And here
0: you are, a <laughs> published are author. Good. Wow! Wow! <laughs> what a journey. But what yeah. I heard is just listening to the promptings of God. You know, and there were several nudges along the way that got you to this path. So, someone listening out there, if you can identify with what Anita is sharing, if you feel that tugging in your heart. You're starting to see things that could be explained away as coincidences, but you know in your heart that it's not. And this is your additional nudge to heed to the voice of God and follow the call to write. Now, when you were working with this book coach, we talked about that you guys did a 30-day challenge. And in this 30-day challenge, there was a particular focus and there were some things that you were not to do during that 30 days. So let's talk about that a little bit. I think that could benefit someone who might be stuck in a bit of a cycle when they're writing. So talk to us about how this 30-day challenge worked.
1: Yes, so the 30-day challenge, he instructed us to get our ideas out of our head onto paper, to write the book in 30 days without editing. We were not to edit, we were just to write whatever came up to get it on paper. So I did it. I did it in about 28 days. And the thing (laughs) that happened was I... I am an editor (laughs) by heart, (laughs) not professional, but whenever I'm writing, I'm always editing myself, but it was difficult at times to not do that. But I saw that whenever I tried to do that, it really did limit me (laughs) and it Mm -hmm. cut in on the time that I had to do it. So I had to get to a point where I said, okay, no, just write the words as they come out and the editing will come later. So I did. And I was able to finish in the 28 days.
0: Awesome. So There's another nugget for someone listening. You actually could be extending the process that it takes to get your book out there by being in that continual loop of revising, revising, revising. So there is value in putting the pen to paper, just writing. It doesn't mean that that's the end. There's still going to be an editing process. Yeah. There's value in getting that out because I would imagine that there was such a tremendous feeling of accomplishment of being able to meet that goal of getting things on paper within 30 days. And those wins are encouraging as you go through this journey. So you got it on paper. Let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges as you were doing that, because, you know, I can identify as we were talking earlier when I was writing my first book, I didn't envision that half of the things that actually are in there would ever be in there. And we share that experience. I think it's going to benefit someone listening in the audience. What was the internal struggle that was going on with some of the things that you were being nudged to include in the book?
1: Yes. Well, I included stories from the dark parts of my past, dealing with my childhood and some of the things that I experienced, you know, coming up as a little girl. And I also included the story of one of the most devastating events in my marriage, which was betrayal. And here's what happened. When God started prompting me to share these parts of my story, I didn't understand, but later on I would. So one thing he wanted me to put into this book was the story of the trial in my marriage. So what happened was, I am the founder of the popular DIY fashion brand, Anita by design, where I teach women how to master the basics of garment construction, but that came with a cost and the cost I had to pay was pain. One day I found myself on my closet floor crying, holding onto my chest because it felt like my heart was going to fall out after I discovered my husband was having an affair. Tam, my heart was broken. I felt crushed and I didn't understand because we had been married for 19 years. And up to that point, I thought everything was fine. Aside from the typical ups and downs you experience in any marriage, everything seemed fine. And so these questions started forming in my mind and I wanted to know, well, who is this woman? Where did he meet her? How long have they been seeing each other? But more importantly, Tam, I wanted to know where they were because you see, when I found out he was with her, and I wanted to roll up. I'm telling you, I am a woman of God, but I am not perfect. And not then. <laughs> no. <And laughs> I'm that not moment. perfect. <laughs> in that moment, I wanted to roll up and do some damage. So <laughs> I was in that closet, and I remember getting up from my knees. I stood up and I looked out of the closet door into the bedroom, and there was a window. And the sun was shining in through the window. And I remember thinking to myself, there is no more sunshine. Because I knew that my marriage was over. I knew that I was headed for divorce. And at that moment, my pain turned into anger. And I found myself pacing through the closet. And my hands formed into fists. And I saw all of his clothes. And I wanted to tear everything down and throw it out into the streets. But I stayed so wait in the exhale moment. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You got it. <laughs> so I was. I stayed in that closet and then I heard his footsteps. See, he had rushed home and the closer he got to that closet, the louder and harder his footsteps became. <laughs> yes, yeah. And then there he was standing in front of the closet door and our eyes met. And that began the long, hard, painful fight to save my marriage. And Tam, it wasn't easy. It wasn't pretty. In fact, sometimes it was downright ugly, but we did it. We did the heart work. My husband and I fought for it. And our marriage became more beautiful than it had ever been before. We were more intentional about each other. We fell in love with each other all over again. And we continued living our lives. And together we launched that sewing blog it was a blog it started out as a blog and then it you know branched out into all of these other things that I'm doing now but sharing that part in the book was very scary for me and to share the dark parts of my past as a child was very scary to me and here's why i was concerned that people would judge me for what i had been through i was afraid that people would be mad at me for sharing my truth people who knew my husband people who knew my father, family members, I was concerned that people would be mad at me. And so I fought God on putting those parts in the book. That was never part of the plan. My plan was to just share about the death of my husband, interweaving it with these steps that I'm sharing with Mm -hmm. the audience. But God showed me after I finally surrendered and said, okay, because I was like, God, what does this have to do with anything? That's the past. I'm over that. But he showed me how he needed to take me deeper into the healing process. Sometimes we go through things in our past and we get over them and we think it's fine. That's the past. It's done. And then something else happens in life that kind of draws us back to those moments. And so God used this time in me writing this book and putting these stories in to further facilitate my healing process. And I couldn't believe it at first, but I felt the release. I felt the release as I was putting it in there. And after I sent it off to the editor, my first draft, Tam, I literally went through the house screaming because my story, my truth was out there. And I knew that people were gonna be reading it. But here's another thing that happened. Every once in a while, I would have these thoughts of what if somebody finds out? What if they find out and they tell other people? What are they gonna think? So after I released my book to the editor and you know the book launched, <sighs> exhale, no longer did I ever have to worry. And I don't even think about that anymore, what people are going to think, because at the end of the day, it's really none of my business. And then also, I have so much freedom because I told my own story on my own terms, and nobody will ever be able to weaponize it and use it against me because I told it first.
0: Mm -hmm. That is such, it took courage to be able to yield and share the story. But as you shared on the other side of it was freedom for you. You know, I think a lot of times the enemy creates this story in our minds of what's going to happen when we do it. And he uses that story to keep us captive to get us to believe that nobody's going to respect us anymore. No one's going to love us anymore. And so we don't share it. And lo and behold, not only were you freed in the process, I just believe that others that are going to read this book are going to be freed as well. Maybe they didn't realize that was going to be a part of what would happen for them, but it will because of your boldness in being willing to share. And so that's gonna be a nugget for someone listening today. That thing that you feel you cannot share, that you're ashamed to share, that you're afraid to share could be the very thing that not only blesses others, but helps to usher you into your deliverance as well. Yes,
1: yes. And then, you know, when I was writing this book and I got through that and worked through it and released the book, I learned just how much God used that book to serve me first. The book served me first. And I didn't know my coach had said in the beginning that your book should serve you first. And I heard him, but I didn't really understand until I went through that process. So it served me first. But like you just said, there are so many women in the world who have gone through or will go through or who maybe. be going through some of the things that I've experienced in their own lives. And when they see that someone else has gone through the same thing and that they're okay on the other side and they're dealing with it, then it gives them hope to know that, okay, I'm going to be okay too. So yes, the book served me and then it's definitely serving others. I am already receiving so much feedback from people and it completely blows my mind that God could use one of the most devastating events of my life to help encourage other people. But that's exactly what he's doing. If I had said no and not written my book, not told my story and put it out there, there are some people who God has ordained to be in my community, people he has placed in my sphere of influence who would not be hearing this and who would not be seeing that there is hope and that I'm gonna be okay. And if she did it, I can do it too. So when we say yes to God and allow him to work through whatever it is he's calling us to do, he is the one who gets the glory and he is the one who does the work that the book is supposed to do. It's not my responsibility how people respond to it. It was just my responsibility to, to say yes and to obey God. And then he does everything else.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, Anita, as we were talking earlier, we talked about how you saying yes to this book created a tremendous amount of confidence that wasn't there prior to just going through this journey. And that confidence allowed you to do some things that you didn't envision doing. I just believe that there's going to be something in that story that touches someone in the audience as well. So on the other side of saying yes to the book, sharing your story authentically, releasing it, in addition to you being free and served in that moment, what other doors did that open for you?
1: Yes. Working with a book coach, my first experience ever with a coach. I've never had a coach in my life. So working with a book coach showed me how powerful that experience can be and how it did build my confidence to step into other doors that God was opening. So after going through The coaching process with my book coach. I then went into another coaching program (laughs) called Purpose to Platform with Patrice Washington. And what that did for me was give me the confidence to launch my beginner's sewing course. Now, I went into this program with the purpose of launching my book because when I started the program, my book was already written and it was in the editing process. So it was getting close to launch time. So I was going to use this program to help me launch the book into the world. And I was thinking that I was going to start some type of program behind the book, some type of coaching program behind the book. Well, three weeks into the program, I flipped it and decided, well, no, I've been wanting to launch this sewing course. My husband and I were supposed to launch it in 2017, but that didn't happen because of his illness and death. So I said, I think I'm supposed to launch the sewing course. So I learned everything that I needed to learn of how to do that behind the scenes. I knew how to record videos and do all of that because I have a very successful YouTube channel. But I needed to learn all of the behind the scenes things and all of the other elements that come with launching a course. So I learned that and I worked with another coach. And the power of having a coach in your life is just like nothing I ever experienced. It was beautiful. And I was able to launch my course and it's out there it's in the world and I love it I'm so excited and then the other thing that's happening is that I am speaking I am a transformational speaker and I bring a message of hope resilience and triumph for those who are living in the midst and aftermath of devastating life trials so I am getting on podcasts like yours to share my story I have spoken at a business women's event on Zoom because that's what we're doing now. Yeah. And there are other things lined up for me to do speaking. Now, one thing that happened before I wrote the book is that I spoke at a women's retreat for my church. And I was invited to do that nine months after my husband had passed away and Tam I couldn't imagine being able to do that. I just thought there is no way. I was really still deep in my grief at that time. But because I had heard the voice of God, even before they invited me, the Holy Spirit had already told me, you're the speaker for this event. So when they asked me, I was just blown away. Mm. (laughs) So I I did that. And I already had the message for the book. Because what happened, I shared this process, this four-step process that I have gone through to you know, claim my healing. And when I was preparing for the event, there were five sessions that I was going to speak at. And I was preparing and timing myself for the sessions. I remember one day, the very first time I was going to time myself, and I didn't even get halfway through before the timer went off. And I thought, Oh, my gosh, what have I done? And I I started crying. I started crying and I said, God, I don't want to do this. Why do I have to do this? It's too much. It's too much responsibility. It's too heavy. And I remember sitting down in the chair in my bedroom crying, and then I started praying and I heard myself praying the scriptures. And then I heard a sweet, still voice say, the rest of the content is for the book. And I was like, oh my gosh, because at this point I had already been hearing the promptings of God that I was going to write a book. And so at that point, I was able to get through creating the content for the retreat and then save the rest for the book. So God opened me up to speaking even before the book was launched. So, you know, he knows what he's doing. He know, he <laughs> you know, know. He just he heal. exactly, exactly. He ordains the steps and our responsibility is to just follow along. So, yes, I am into speaking now. I had done a little bit beforehand, but this is where he's leading me because I believe with all of my heart that God wants this message to be shared worldwide.
0: Yes. Well, we're going to be a part of doing that. So let's make sure that our listening audience knows where they can keep up with you, both uh, in terms of the book and all of the great work that you're doing in the sewing space. What is the best website for our audience to follow?
1: Yes, you can find me at anitabydesign.com and you will see all things Anita by Design over there. And for my book, if you'd like to purchase the book, you can find it on amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com or anywhere books are sold online.
0: Well, Anita, it's been a pleasure to have you here with us. It's hard to believe that we are just about out of time. I know the audience has just picked up so many valuable nuggets not just about writing, but how to navigate and survive setbacks that we experience in life. Someone is listening to us today, and they're in the journey of preparing to write and publish a book, and they are concerned about navigating this process and making it to the other side. What would be your number one piece of advice to encourage that author to move forward?
1: My advice would be first to seek help. I don't know how I would have done this without the help of a book coach. So that's just my advice because it's what I did. And in seeking a coach, I would say trust the process. Whatever process your coach is using, just trust the process and allow yourself to go through it without trying to make it what you want it to be because sometimes what we find is when we go into it with our preconceived notions is that we're trying to stick to this one form, this one framework, this one thing that we know is going to work. But when we release ourselves to just trust the process that we're being taught, so many beautiful things can happen.
0: Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Publishing Secrets